You are now listening to Men Who Talk Heal, a podcast that normalizes conversations about mental health and promotes personal well-being. Whether you're here for yourself or someone else, this podcast is sure to have something for everyone. Our hosts, Zach, a social worker, and Brandon, a certified life and health coach, discuss their own personal and professional experiences so that others don't feel alone in their own struggles. The thoughts and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the hosts and or their guests and are not representative of any other entity. Additionally, this podcast is not a substitute for medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. You should discuss your personal needs and concerns with a medical or mental health professional. If you are experiencing a medical or mental health emergency, you should call 911 or proceed to your nearest emergency department. Enjoy the episode. Hey everybody, welcome to Men Who Talk Heal. I'm Zach, he's Brandon. Hi. And uh, so glad you're here with us again for this episode. Hope you've been enjoying uh, the episodes that we've already put out. Uh, Super excited for what's coming in the future. If you've uh, been paying attention on Facebook or saw the Facebook Live, uh, we've made some great connections with some other people uh, in in the mental health field outside of our uh, regular inner circle. And so uh, we're booking some guests um, for episodes in the next couple of uh, months. So lots of exciting things happening here at the podcast. Uh, we're super excited with how things are going. Uh, a lot of positive feedback. Thank you so much to those of you that are listening and sharing and leaving reviews. Uh, make sure you subscribe wherever you listen so you get notifications when new episodes come out. And write reviews. Uh, and write reviews. That's super important. That lets people uh, know that they should listen. You know, people that don't already listen and they're just strolling. You know, you guys have all looked for podcasts, I'm sure, at some point in time just in the podcast store or whatever. And one of the first things I look at is uh, how many reviews, what is the average rating, and then what are people writing about that podcast. Um, And it can really make or break whether or not people listen. So um, please do us a favor and and help us uh, get a bigger following so we can help more people um, feel not alone uh, in, in whatever they're going through. So Brandon, how are you? I'm feeling good. I'm feeling pretty calm. Uh, I don't uh, I don't have a lot going on, so I'm pretty happy about that. How are you? Yeah, I've had a week. Uh, Just I've had one? a week. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, right now, as you say, one day at a time, one right? A time. And it's been uh, it's been one day at a time for me at least uh, since Thursday. So, um, and we'll get in, we're going to get into that in a little a little bit because it's kind of motivating um, motivating today's podcast topic and uh, I think just full disclosure this will probably be a two episode uh, two episode kind of same topic kind of thing because there's a lot to unpack uh, in the topic that we're going to be talking about. Got a lot to talk about today. Yeah got a lot to talk about today Uh, and then in a couple days when the when the second part drops it'll be kind of a to be continued at the end of this episode. So um, so really so what we're going to talk about today is the word codependency. Now full disclosure (laughs) <laughs> I've read what this means, but I still don't fully understand it. And you've talked about codependency for a really long time. So you're going to have to teach me about this today. That's great. You know, I love teaching. You know, I you love, love I love sharing. Uh, but I think once we I think once we kind of get into it, you'll be like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah, I, I know people like that or mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe I have some of these tendencies. I'll tell you, full disclosure, I am 
a codependent. Okay. Um, I would actually say that I'm um, a recovering codependent. And yeah. um, so people might be like, why are you like, why, how is that something that you would be recovering from? And that's because I think people just don't understand what codependency is. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've, I learned what codependency was very early on uh, in my um, teen years. I was an eighth grader. Um, and I was working with a counselor who's now a mentor of mine, Dr. Deb Wallace. Great. We love Deb Wallace. Great woman. Amazing woman. Um, and she, uh, she helped me realize what codependency was and how it affected me. Um, and, and so it's always been really interesting to me. I've always been really aware of it since learning about what it was. Um, and, uh, I like telling people about it because, I think that it affects a lot more people than we realize. Uh, and, and if you realize it, then you can get some help with it. Yeah. So, um, so again, a lot to unpack here. we might be all over the place, so we'll try to piece it together for you. So stick with us, um, and hang, hang in there as we go through it. So let's just start really, really, uh, start at the beginning. Really? We'll start at the beginning. So what do you, so I guess, Brandon, what do you like, what do you think of when you hear the word codependency? Like what comes to mind? I just think of someone who, who like needs someone else to function. So like the dependency part. So like com- me coming from like a psychology perspective, there's an independent and dependent variable. So the dependent, the dependent variable relies on something else. So I guess that's just all I think is someone relying on something or someone else. We got really scientific there. Yeah. With the research terms. Yeah. So that's, that's what Pete, I think that's where everybody's mind goes. Codependent means you are dependent upon somebody else to function. And while that is a piece of it, that's where it gets misconstrued. I think okay. um, because everybody really heavily focuses on that dependent upon another person, and so they automatically go to relationships like you know you you have to always be in a relationship because you need somebody else, and yeah. so that can be a piece of it. But that's not the sole. That's not the sole. Um, like definition or the sole meaning of codependency. Uh, codependency is one of those buzzwords that I think gets tossed around a lot, like bipolar. Mm. People are really quick to say, oh, they're so bipolar because just there's mood swings. People have mood swings happy to say without really yeah. understanding, understanding what it is. Right. Yeah. Understanding what bipolar is. And just like people go, oh, you're really codependent because, you know, they might, they might see somebody, uh, spending a lot of time with somebody else, maybe a significant other or whatever, and say, oh, you know, you're really codependent on that person. And that's not necessarily what that means. The whole, like, I never see you two without each other. Right. Yeah. Right. And again, that can be a piece of it. Codependency does lead to relationship addiction, which it'll be a whole, that'll be, that's a whole nother episode. That's a whole nother episode. It's a 10 parter right there. 10 parter. Uh, and we have somebody I mentioned, Dr. Deb Wallace, earlier. Hopefully, we, you know, I'm working on getting her on to talk about relationship <laughs> addiction, but, um, you know, that can be a part of it. Uh, for me, for me, codependency really has to do with the, my family dynamic and the fact that my parents are, um, my parents have a substance use disorder. And so, codependency is often seen in, um, seen in, in people who um, uh, have a family dynamic where somebody is addicted to drugs or, um, or maybe somebody has a really severe mental, mental health condition. Mm -hmm. And so then the certain members of the family become quote unquote codependent. Um, 
So on a on a super basic level, you know, if you take if you take the addiction piece out of it, you know, Mental Health America, they they define codependency as a learned behavior that can be passed down from one generation to another. It's an emotional and behavioral condition that affects an individual's ability to have a healthy, mutually satisfying relationship. It can also be known as relationship addiction because people with codependency often form or maintain relationships that are one-sided, emotionally destructive, and or abusive. Right. So that in itself, those three sentences are a a lot to unpack. Yeah. A lot to unpack. So what I want people to kind of realize is um, there's a again, there's a lot that goes into this. Um, There's a lot that goes into the concept of codependency. And um, so take it one piece of information at a time. Um, There's tons of research and information out there to learn more. You know, obviously, these these two episodes of podcasts are are not going to be. The end all be all. The end all be all. As with everything we talk about, you know, get get additional information, get professional help. All of that stands true for these for these two episodes. So, uh, codependency comes with different tendencies. And so, you know, that definition talks about, you know, what are those character traits or what are those things that lead to difficulty having mutually satisfying relationships and not necessarily romantic relationships, but mm-hmm. friendships too. You know, my friendships growing up were really what, what triggered, you know, like something is not, something's not right. You know, like the way I behave, the way that I interact with people um, made it really difficult to, to keep friends. And, and a lot of that was, why is this happening? Well, because you have these codependent qualities because of your family dynamic and, and living with somebody who has a substance use disorder. And what I mean by that is, um, I was really controlling, like Mm -hmm. I had to be in control. So why do you, Brandon, why do you think that me being in control would be a codependent quality? Like where would that come from? I would say not having the control with your family. I mean, because when you talk about people with substance abuse disorders, if it's not you, then it's it's almost out of your control. Like you have no say in kind of what the person does. You can only, you know, give them inspiration or motivation to change their actions. But at the end of the day, it's completely up to them. So you being able to control what you're able to control, you just want more of that. Right. Right. You're absolutely right. And then the other piece of that is being uh, a really obsessive caretaker, wanting to fix people. And so why do you think that happens? Kind of the same reason, because people didn't, you know, or take the time to care for you. So you want to give the treatment that you necessarily didn't get or were neglected. Yeah. And to ensure safety, right? Mm -hmm. You know, I spent a lot of time taking care of my parents um, as a high school student. And so really... um, that transfers into other part of parts of your life where you want to fix people. Um, you have this drive to fix people. You have this drive to take care of people. And so when I was dating as a teenager, I actively sought out, you know, relationships where I felt like there was something wrong with somebody or maybe, it, yeah. you know, it was, it was dysfunctional. It was unhealthy. The typical fixing yes. a person. Yes. Yeah. So, um, you know, and there's a, there's a lot of other, there's a lot of other things um, out there that can help you recognize, um, recognize, you know, whether codependency is a factor for you. Um, and so I found this list uh, that I thought was really interesting on familyintervention.com um, of, of just statements that, you know, like if you um, if you read these these statements and 
you feel like um, you feel like they apply to you, then codependency might be of concern for you, right? So, yeah. um, you know, substance abuse has had an impact on your family relationships. Um, it feels like you are lighting yourself on fire to keep another person warm. Mm. Um, not literally. Yeah, not literally, but but that's what it feels like, right? Yeah. Like you sacrifice yourself and all of yourself to take care of somebody else, right? right? Like your needs are always behind everybody else's. You never prioritize yourself. Uh, You feel personally responsible for others. Um, Your feelings of worth and contribution are dependent on what others think of you. Mm -hmm. Who does that sound like to you? You. (laughs) I know. It's so bad. I I care so much what other people think about me. And if somebody... You know, I and again, recovering, right? So these are things that I've recognized and actively try to combat on a daily basis, right? Mm. I have to let things go. You know, when when somebody says they don't, you know, when somebody just doesn't like me, like I, I don't know why that's so hard for me to accept that not everybody in the world has to like me. Yeah. But I, you know, if I wasn't conscious of that, I would spend countless hours trying to figure out why that person didn't like me and then finding ways to try to convince them to like me when ultimately they're probably going to like me less. It's not up to you. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. Yeah. Um, You're always at the mercy of someone else's drama or neediness, Mm. right? So all the time you're at at the mercy of somebody else um, and, and you feel powerless even when you seem to be in control. So... Well, that does sound a lot like you. <laughs> right? Right? And none of this has to do with necessarily me being codependent on my wife. Right? Nope. Like, people would go, well, you and Jess don't seem to be, like, codependent on each other. That's because that's not what it means. That's not yeah. what being codependent means. You know, I'm very codependent uh, of my mother because, you know, that's who, that's, you know, who I feel like I need to take care of. That's who I feel mm-hmm. like, you know, I... I put a lot of um, I put a lot of emphasis into what she thinks of me, yeah. Um, you know, and and feel like I'm always trying to uh, appease her and, and things like that. Um, which is natural. Which let's, is natural, let's say natural right? Because it is your mother, right? But then know. when does it become? I guess you know the question is when does it become healthy versus unhealthy, right? Right. And so when that start, when your needs aren't being met by the people that they should be met by, and then you try to force those needs to be met by other people, Mm -hmm. that's when it becomes unhealthy. Right. Right. So then your relationships, your friendships and things like that are affected. Yeah. So, um, you know, like I, I have this really great story, of my best friend Keith, um, who lives in DC now. But when we first, when we first met, um, and we both told this story at each other's weddings, when we first met, we, uh, he did not like me. He could not stand me, Mm. like wanted really nothing to do with me. And we were kind of forced to spend time together because we worked together. And so over time, you know, over the course of a year, we became more comfortable with each other and, and, you know, he was figuring me out and I was figuring him out, but then there were still things that he was just like, I cannot stand that about you. Yeah. Um, and it all came to a head one time over a game of um, cornhole. 
the true Midwest way. Yeah, the true Midwest way, right? And um, I was losing that game, um, and I was not feeling very in control of the situation, and so I started changing the rules, oh. right? What was uh, what was a point for me wasn't a point for him, you know, like if it was half on, half off, you know, that went in my favor but didn't go in his favor. And he came very close to and he'll tell he he'll tell anybody that listens, came very close to to punching me right in the face that day. I mean, it was uh he was furious. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, from that day on, he he never shied away from letting me know when I was um when I was being that way. You know, now do you do you find it helpful when people tell you those things? Oh, I do now. Yeah. I do now as a middle schooler and even as a as a young high schooler, you know, freshman, sophomore. And I would say junior year it really wasn't till later in my junior year and senior year where I really started to kind of swallow some of this and say, OK, like I need to do some work here mm-hmm. um, and and really look at look at um you know, what these behaviors were and how they were affecting my relationships and other people. Um, so now I find it super helpful when people yeah. say, Hey, like, you know, I'm open to feedback. It, it is hard to hear sometimes. And maybe initially I, I still struggle a little bit with the initial response to that, mm-hmm. but I really, um, really try to be open-minded about, about that feedback because I don't want to be that way. You know, I value my friendships and relationships too much. Um, and then, so then what happens, I go to the other end of the spectrum where I'm like really hypersensitive to my codependency and then sometimes second guess my decisions about, you know, maybe what I do for my mom or what I don't do for my mom or maybe how I interact with other people. Yeah. And I go, is that a codependent behavior? Like, am I being codependent about that? Um, and so now I'm working on kind of finding the balance between those two things. Yeah. So let's kind of, let's take this like in specific sections because, you know, you talked about friendships then you talked about family and then you talked mm-hmm. about like specifically your mm-hmm. mom. So, in friendships, like how would you say your codependency kind of displayed itself? So in friendships, it was the uh, you're talking about like when I like in middle school, like when I was younger. Yeah. Like, so really, it was like being a control freak. Like I had to I had to be in charge of everything. I had to control everything, and nobody else's opinion was was valid. Like I, um, so, you know, I was in TI teen Institute or mm-hmm. now youth to youth. It was youth led prevention group. And I was on staff. I was like part of their leadership team as a high school student. And the other, uh, like almost every event we had, I was getting in a fight with another, like another youth leader because I had to be in control. Um, and had, you know, every, it was my way or the highway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really the biggest thing I would say, um, with friendships at that point was that need for control and that having to be in charge piece. So did you ever feel like you had like really fulfilling friendships at that time? Or do you feel like it was like something was always holding back like the true potential of the friendships? I think I still look back and I, and I think those friendships were, were high quality. I think that they were fulfilling only because of the patience of other people and the yeah. forgiveness of other people. Right. I, I would not have been friends with me. Like, I would not have been friends with me. Well, you're looking back at it and and you're seeing, like, the negative part of it now. Right. I mean, yeah. And it is hard. Like, it is hard to look back and see, like, why were those people friends with me? Like, what were my endearing qualities? Like, mm-hmm. what like what kept those people around besides the fact that they were just nice people? Yeah. Um, 
you know, so I know that there had to be something, but at the same time, like I look back at my face, like my Facebook posts or my social media, like you go through memories and I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Part of me wants to go back and delete everything I ever posted as a high school student. But then part of me is like, no, I, that's a good reminder of how far I've come, you know, yeah. in, in in this process. But I feel like it's that way for everybody. Like everyone looks at what they did in the past when they yeah. were younger and they're like, oh, my God, I hate that person. Because so you, you, grow, you grow. So you think I'm putting more emphasis on it than... I, I, yeah, I think it's more normal than I, I think you're believing because I think if you went and asked like everybody, like, would, would you look back at your high school self and the things that you said, or like things that you posted on social media, would you look back on that with fond memories? And most of the time they're going to be like, uh, some things maybe, but the other times, you know, you're young and you don't know everything that you know now. So like even in 10 years, you might look back on something that you post now and it's like, okay, I maybe would not have said that now. So it's just like ever changing. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree. I probably agree with you. And I probably do. I mean, that's probably the other end of the spectrum. Like I hyper analyze everything that, everything that happened or everything that I did or said, mm -hmm. because I'm acutely aware of like the fact that I had these other not so great qualities about myself. So it, so not just from your experience. So people who have um, like codependency, how else will their relationships or their, how else will their friendships, you know, kind of be seen? So what will they do with their friends? What will they say other than just being controlling? So, um, so in, in addition to the controlling um, it's a lot of like confusing emotions. So, um, like they'll confuse, uh, love and pity. Right. Okay. So they, ha they'll have, they'll love people, but really that love is like pitying them or wanting to fix or rescue them. Right. So we kind of okay. talked about that a little bit, almost that, um, hero syndrome kind yeah. of, um, they tend to do more than necessary. Like they do, they go above and beyond in an unhealthy way. Like they'll do more of their share or of responsibilities all the time. Mm -hmm. um, they tend to become hurt when people don't recognize their efforts. So they really, in, you know, really have that. Um, like we don't, like I don't, I get really, uh, for lack of a better term, but hurt, of, you know, when I've done something for somebody and it doesn't get recognized, right? Yeah. When it doesn't need to be. It just, you know, I, I have to accept that. But that's a codependent quality. Um, we have an extreme need for approval. Okay. Um, we, I feel guilty. Like when I do assert myself, like when I, you know, when I assert, you know, when I assert myself or assert my position or, um, give my input in a difficult situation, I'll feel guilt afterwards. Um, you know, for some people it's hard to trust, uh, you know, there's there's some difficulty trusting, and that's a lot to do, I think, with the family dynamic piece. Mm -hmm. um, difficulty with change, so they're you know having, and that also ties to control, you know, rigidity and and wanting to control. So changes is, is hard. Um, sometimes they'll have problems with intimacy um, and boundaries, um, chronic anger, um, lying, dishonesty. Poor communication, um, difficulty making decisions, those kinds of things. So there's a whole list of characteristics that yeah. that codependent people may have. Um, so just from that, yeah, I would say in high school, I would, 
just based on all of those things, I would say I was codependent. I displayed a lot of those. Yeah. Those so, things in high so school. So what would you tie your co- what would you tie your codependency to? Like what would be the cuz codependency I don't mm. think I don't think codependency happens in a in a silo, right? Yeah. Like, you know, there's some mental there's some, you know, obviously there's risk and protective factors for everything. You know, things that make you more prone or more likely to be able to resist some of these mental health challenges. But codependency really does I think require the presence of you know, something, some other mitigating factor. Mm-hmm. So what, you know, what do you think might have led to your your codependency? Television. <laughs> now, go with me on okay. this. Okay, all right, I'm listening. So um, it wasn't like my parents didn't show effects or anything like that. They did. But my family dynamic was a lot different than what I was used to seeing and what I was used to seeing was what was on TV and in movies and and all that so when I would see like a a picture perfect family on television and be like oh this is how they acted I think I just consumed so much television because I spent a lot of time alone or like in my room up late at night like just watching TV I think I saw that and I was like well I'm not getting this and so I would try and, and make things like that for other people just to show like, okay, you know, I'll give them, you know, the expectation. Cause I thought everyone had those expectations mm-hmm. in life. And, you know, I realized that just wasn't true. And I think it came around like my sophomore year of college, but I think just not seeing the same qualities on, in a fantasy world and in the real world, I kind of expected it all to mesh and be similar and it just wasn't so i think i tried to manipulate life to make it seem like it was television so would you say i mean was there a reason that i mean was there a reason i mean i know television is television right so yeah there's always like a picture perfect sure but would you still say so taking television out of it do you consider your childhood to be comparable to the childhood of the majority that's a good question. I don't know what the child. I don't know what that the childhood of the majority is like. Yeah. I guess that's a me neither. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, what's your your perception of the childhood of the majority? Like, would you consider quote unquote your childhood to be normal? Yes and no. Okay. I think the the behavioral challenges that I had when I was younger was not normal, but everything else was. Like, I went to school, went home, played with friends. Did everything that, like, mm-hmm. a, a quote-unquote child should do. But I had just a lot of behavioral issues that I went through. And we'll get to that at yeah, another at time. Because we're going to talk about medication. But um, was there any? Is there any history of mental health in people close to you? I think there is. But okay. we've never talked about it. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, I, I know, like, my brother has gone through his own mental stuff. I know my parents have. But we've just never, like, really sure. talked about it. Yeah, we don't um, want to. I mean, I don't want to expose anybody that doesn't want to be exposed. Yeah, but, no. But at the same time, you know, I, 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 and this is what you know, Doc, Dr. Deb, and I have had these conversations where, I, you know, I'm really good at identifying codependency in other people. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm really good at identifying it in myself, and so sometimes, you know, I'll go, okay, I, I think that person is, I think that person has some codependent qualities, but then I, then my brain goes to, okay, so where what is the root of that? Right. Yeah. So where is that coming from? Well, and we could sit down and we could do things like, uh, like we could do a family genogram or a family map and go mm-hmm. back and look and say, okay, this is, this is my perception of those individuals. Yeah. You just may not be acutely aware of it. Right. Doesn't mean you didn't yeah. experience codependency. 
because you can't identify where it came from, but you can still experience those qualities mm-hmm. without knowing the root. What's important is eventually getting to the root, right? Yeah. Um, because it's hard to deal with codependency without understanding the root. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. No, that ma- that makes total sense. So it's it's like trauma. Like you, yeah, you yeah, kind of yeah. have to understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, and probably trauma plays a big role. I mean, I I would say it would be difficult to identify people who um, lived with somebody who has a substance use disorder or a mental health challenge and doesn't um, doesn't feel like they experienced some type of trauma at some point in time. Yeah. Like I think it's probably I think they're probably very closely tied together. Mm-hmm. So. Um, you know, it's and it's also really interesting because, I, like I said earlier, the the concept of codependency really started with that was the label for significant others of people with a substance use disorder mm-hmm. or two people that were in a romantic relationship and had substance use disorder, and then it kind of expanded to the family and the media, the people immediately close to those people because a lot of those same, a lot of those same behaviors were seen, mm-hmm. um, seen in those individuals. So, um, you know. I, we're kind of getting to a, a point where it might be good to to stop and break up between the two the two episodes because we've kind of talked a lot in this episode about what what codependency is and I think that that's part one, you know part two is what what do you do like what do you do to take care of yourself what do you do to be healthy what do you do to kind of start to examine this codependency mm-hmm. um, and you know what you know are there are there quote unquote treatment programs are there you know um, are there different options for treating codependency? Does it need to be treated? Yeah. You know, is this something that needs to be looked at? And I think that that would be really good to unpack in the next episode. I agree. Um, uh, because I think that that's a whole nother, I think that that's a whole nother chapter of the book, if you will. Um, so I think we'll, we'll tie up this episode there. Um, we'll do a to be continued We'll keep you on a cliffhanger for um, the next episode dropping in a couple days, which will be all about, you know, what do we do with this codependency? What what are the healthy ways to to look at this and what are the healthy ways to kind of overcome codependency? Um, and that's what we'll talk about in the next episode. Sounds great. Sounds great. Until then, we're going to take it one day at a time. One day at a time. Uh, Make sure you are subscribing, reviewing, uh, rating, uh, liking and sharing on Facebook, helping us get the word out there. Um, Please be well, take care of yourself, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for joining us on Men Who Talk Heal. Make sure to visit us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, be sure to check out our website, www.menwhotalkheal.com. And while you're there, go ahead and subscribe to our show on whichever platform you prefer. That way, you never miss the show. If you found this episode helpful, we'd really appreciate you leaving a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Facebook. Same time, same place next week for another great conversation. Until then, Zach and Brandon remind you to take it one day at a time.